This is a show about facing fear, unlocking courage, and taking action. Courage isn't necessarily a daunting thing. It's going to give you more purpose. It's going to give you more drive. It feels like making a courageous decision is going to get you closer to who you aspire to be. It's knowledge plus faith plus action equals courage. Before my grandmother died, I was very much the person that would get promoted every year, work my tail off, and I was making really good money, and I hated every second of it. And then as soon as she died, I was like, I don't want to do what everyone else wants me to do. So what I love most about our guest today, well, there's a lot I love most about you, Matt, but like for what I think I know is I rarely have another guest on that has his own podcast. And so for one, I already know there's certain things I don't have to tell you <laughs> because you've been doing this a long time too. And just to be clear, my guest say Matt Gilhooly, hopefully I didn't blow the landing there on the last You did it. You did it. Got good. it. And you've got your podcast called the life shift podcast. And it's funny. I have, um, I have the slide in my keynote that I try to get to in the first 10 slides. It's a split screen side slide that says, stop your bullshit, start your bold shift. Hmm. And, you know, I think that's what it is. I think often sometimes you need to short circuit the brain. Right. And be like, no, like it's just bullshit. Like you're just lying to yourself or like, or you're making an excuse and it's time to get to the shift, but I'm coming at it from a very corporate setting. Right. And when I, when I think about your story, I know, well, clearly it did not start about it had nothing to do with corporate. And so maybe you can sort of start what inspired you to get to the life shift podcast and permission granted to do the story right. So go as far, as far back as you want to just sort of talk about what inspired all of this. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when you first asked if I would just come and have a chat with you on a courageous podcast, part of me, that imposter in me is like, am I courageous? And so what I love about probably my podcast for my guests, as well as probably yours is, is the concept of your show kind of triggers us to think like, where was I courageous? And I feel that, you know, aligning those really my personal circumstances in my life led me to a courageous moment, which now feeds what my podcast is. So my podcast is all about the pivotal moments that have changed people's lives forever. So that could be corporate, that could be business side, but it also could be very personal. And so for me, I go back to my childhood when I was about eight years old. My father lived in Georgia. My mom lived in Massachusetts. I live with my mom full time. And I was visiting my dad on a summer vacation because, you know, that was how life was going to be. My dad was far away. I was going to see him at holidays and probably during the summer, I think. And my mom, you know, got to have her single time with her boyfriend. They went on a, a motorcycle trip across the country. And on Labor Day 1989, they got in a single vehicle motorcycle accident and my, my mom died shortly after that accident and her boyfriend died at the same time. And in that moment, my life was no longer what it was 10 minutes before I found out. And so it was like, 
I was never going to be the person that I was developing into because of this one significant moment in my time. And so, you know, hence life shift. But really what happened was as I was growing up, this is 1989, this is early 90s as I'm growing up, people weren't talking about things like that out loud. Mental health was not like top priority grieving, everything was like, how do we mask this, right? To make this eight-year-old feel better, take them to Disney, buy him presents, you know, do all the fun things because that's how you solve grief in that time period. You don't really talk about it. But all along, me behind the scenes, feeling like I was the only person that had ever lost a parent, you know, just felt very alone in that moment. And it took me 20 years or so to grieve that that process. And so, you know, that kind of stems into into what the podcast is now, but that failure of grief that I would say is really what led to a courageous moment after that. So I don't know if you want me to No, I mean, first of all, my I mean, my heart still hurts, you know. It just like to think about 8-year-old version of you and what the even how the information got to your ears the first time and all of that but just to step into the shoes of the of anyone that might be trying to help you grieve there wasn't like i'm where are they turning for the there's no access what are you going to the library for a a britannica you know to pick up an encyclopedia on this it wasn't like we just all had access to the internet and there was reams of you know, empathetic data on like how to navigate your reality, right? So I'm sure on both sides, now not that, you know, you're eight, so you're like, well. I had no idea. Yeah. I was actually talking to someone yesterday about the the concept when you're eight years old, and I think the person that I'm saying I talked to yesterday was actually using chat GPT, and I was actually trying to confirm something and see if it knew, but that age you don't understand really what death is you don't understand that it's i mean i think you do on a surface level but you don't understand the finality of it and looking back at my grief journey i would say for a good 10 years i had convinced myself and this is protection i had convinced myself that my mother was in like witness protection or she was in hiding, you know, and would come back at some point in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's funny to me to think that a young child would understand witness protection more than they would understand death. But to your point, nobody was prepared. There was no there was no toolbox that people had to help me. And I don't fault anyone for that. My dad was like mid 30s and was in all intents and purposes was like a single man living in another state. Right. And that had a child and would visit and was a very good father, but was not prepared to take on both roles and also try to navigate the world of his own grief of his ex-wife, but also like his child that's trying to figure out life as well. So, yes, nobody really knew what to do back then. And I don't know if everyone knows what to do now, but it's at least talked about more. Did you end up moving and living with your dad? Yeah. So at that day, like I no longer lived in Massachusetts. I no longer went to the same school. I had to start a brand new school in a brand new state. I laugh because I came to, you know, near Atlanta with a Boston accent. And, you know, I was the student who started late because Labor Day, you know, in Georgia, school had already started. But in Massachusetts, there was 
school didn't start until after Labor Day. So I was already coming into this situation awkwardly, like the kid with the dead mom and he has this weird accent and like totally lost in the world. So it was, a, it was quite a, a adjustment. Matt, in your mind, like literally in your mind, like how much of this was compartmentalized versus like, no, it's seared and you remember every waking moment? Uh, the first two weeks, I really don't remember much beyond a couple glimpses of preparing for the wake. I didn't really understand what that was. And then the moment at the funeral, like just a brief moment, and then at the burial site. But other than that, everything was kind of just this whirlwind of, I just didn't understand what was going on because like my dad and I, to the point we had to go to where I lived with my mom and like tag things that I would bring so that the moving truck or whatever would bring the right things. I couldn't take it all. And I didn't understand, you know, I didn't understand why I couldn't take my life with me. So the only a few things I remember, they were pivotal, but you know, it is a blur, but I was also eight. So I don't know how many memories you remember from eight anyway. Well, you know, when you and I had our prep call, you also talked about another instance where you sort of had a front row seat literally to to death. Can you share? Yeah. Kind of fast forward. Yeah, I think that's my courageous moment. I feel like because I failed so much in my mind, I'm going to say that I assigned the a failure to my grief of my mother and taking so long that I knew that if I was ever in that situation again, I would not do it the same way. I would do it right. And so because my mom died, I got really close with my grandmother. She was like a best friend at times. She was, you know, a discipliner at times. She was, you know, just a, a, a perfect person that that could have helped me through this journey, maybe not emotionally grief wise, but being close to her. And so I'm not sure what year, maybe like 2012 or so she was diagnosed with lung cancer. And so we had to navigate that field. And how was I going to make the most of these moments and create the best ending it could? Because we didn't really know how much time we had. And what I found is as we got closer and as things started to deteriorate, I knew I needed to do something, one for me, but also for her that I don't think many people get the opportunity to because it's very scary and it's it's a hard thing to do. And so right before her last birthday, I sat her down and I said, we need to have a conversation. We need to have the talk that everyone says they wish they had. We need to have whatever I would say in a eulogy, we need to do that right now. We need to talk about all the good moments that we had together. We need to talk about all the things that we did for each other. And we had like the deepest of conversations. I, I, it's hard to explain what it, how deep it was, but I knew when I left her apartment that night that if she, I was convinced she was gonna die. I was convinced that that moment we did it all. We said everything that we ever needed to say, but I felt this peace that if she died, there was nothing left unsaid. Uh, she ended up dying a couple months later and I sat by her side in hospice. But, you know, at that moment when someone's brought into hospice, there's not a lot of, they're not thinking as clearly, the conversations are not as deep. So I look back on that moment where I was like, I'm leading into this. Mm -hmm. We're doing it now because I don't want to regret not doing this. 
And so I was just so grateful for that. And then just the opportunity to watch her take her last breath, I often describe as devastatingly beautiful because there's some kind of like, it's so very, very sad, but also like, I get to witness this. This is something that, you know, that she blessed me with. It was, it was just a very odd experience, but I think had I not messed up my grief journey with my mom, I wouldn't have done that. And now it leads into the Life Shift podcast, right? And now I want to just hear people's stories. I want to give them a space where they can share hard parts of their lives and pick it apart and, and talk about it and how very much we as humans are connected. We're, we're not that different from each other, despite our experiences. You know, for those of you who are not fluent in sarcasm, when again, I'm sure didn't feel sarcastic at the time, but like you're eight years old, you didn't mess anything up, you know. But the the irony of the two, right? Where like in one, you don't get a say on getting on saying anything, and then on the other, like the fact that you had the courage to be like, no, we're gonna take this moment. This moment could last 24 hours. I was we're gonna sit here and let's get it out on the table and. You know, whatever it might needs to be, like, let's have the talk, like you said, is pretty profound, pretty beautiful. And it's, you know, it's sort of crazy that it, to me, I don't, I don't sense that's about death. I sense that's about life and it's about a rebirth in some ways and how you need to like liberate yourself. And did you, I'm sure you felt lighter just from like yeah. having the talk, uh, by the way. It Not was, right after. <laughs> I, I'm sure. Okay. Right after yeah, it was, well, it was devastated, but you know what? Looking back. Yes. Very much lighter. Was she your grandma on on your mom's side or dad's side? My father's side. On your dad's side. Okay, cool. And so you think if it was like, you think about this moment that happens to you and then this moment that you're very much involved in and you throw those into the cocktail, out comes the, the Life Shift podcast? I think so. I think, you know, I originally went into it thinking... Yes, my mom dying was like a big shift, but I had the opportunity to watch my grandmother die. And that sounds really weird to say, but it, it is a is a blessing. And I think that experience has fed more into like the success of the show in the sense that it makes me genuinely curious about moments and and I want people to feel comfortable sharing really hard parts of their lives or good parts. I don't want it to be like a fully grief podcast, but naturally because I've had these, these moments in my life, I gravitate more towards the ones that feel more familiar, but I've had people that have listened to the show and then they come on to be a guest and they say, okay, I originally told you that I was going to talk about, you know, I changed jobs or something like that, but actually I want to talk to you about something that I've never said publicly before. And to me, that's like, one, I want to just sit down and have this conversation, but for you to trust me enough to put this on a platform for other people to hear, imagine all the lives that you're affecting now. So yeah, I feel like, you know, yes, my mom dying, I think maybe the period after in which I felt that I wasn't doing things the way that I wish I would have, and then being able to do that and feeling like as soon as my grandmother died, I felt peace and not a struggle for years and years and years allows me to have this podcast and to to just find amazing people to share their stories. It's 
I've never had a more fulfilling project. Well, one, it's, I mean, from eight to I think around 30, right? So you got 22 years in between ish, ish, right? Between the two experiences and you come out the other side and create the platform. And, and I love hearing that like somebody comes on and is like, you know, I've never talked about this before. And what that tells me not only is safe space and like, that's like a mad like cap tip to you because you're creating, you're creating enough of a safe space where people feel like they can share freely. But two, you know, maybe we haven't, we just haven't come that far still. Like if people haven't shared something, they're not stumbling into the resources, the tools they need to feel safe, right? To learn what they need to learn, to feel that they can share, right? If you feel like you're salmon swimming upstream and you haven't shared that thing that feels heavy and maybe that's what it is. It's like in some ways, and now this is, this is the optimist to me, you know, like I, optimism is my number one value. And so I, I kind of go back to what I said a few minutes ago. It's, is it really about death or is it about life? Is it really about the, the rebirth and mm -hmm. what happens from the shift? Like what, what does the shift yeah. actually give you? Is it a, a, a restart a reboot? Is it, you know, you're not forgetting anything that's happened to you in the past, but is that how you see it? I do. And I try to end all the episodes with like, what are we grateful for? Not be not of that moment, if it was a bad moment, but what have we learned from it? And oftentimes I'll, I get asked, you know, like, would you go back to 1989 and change what happened? And I have to say no, because I would not be this person. I would not lean into hard moments. I would not feel like I do and have the opportunities that I do. So I see it. Yes, this when my grandmother died, I felt a freedom. I felt that I had closed the door on my inability to grieve. And I felt that like that was a blessing in it. That moment when when she took her last breath was like, do whatever you want. Because I think we talk about this on the podcast a lot. Society has told us, I don't know where, but like there's some kind of checklist that we're all supposed to follow. And, or that's how I felt growing up. You know, we had to do this. We had to graduate high school. Then you have to go to college. Then you have to pick your career when you're 18 years old. And then you just go from there and get promoted every day. And I talked to so many people about it. And I think it goes back to your point of like, why people don't share these things is there's a fear that someone's going to find out that there is a flaw in their, you know, or a crack in their facade, you know, and then we, we have to pretend because society wants us to do this. And so I feel like that was my rebirth. When my grandmother died, I was like, none of that matters. I'm still here, you know? So I've, I've leaned more into that authenticity, sharing the gross parts of my life in the sense of like, why are you sharing that, Matt? Because someone out there might be experiencing the same thing. And if that helps them, it didn't hurt me by sharing it, right? So, you know, I feel like it, it's really just been a blessing since my grandmother passed to just feel that that rebirth as you named it. All right, so here we are, man. We made it. We've made it to here now. Congratulations. I'm happy to be here. I hope you are too. Let's talk about where you feel in your life today is like... You know what? I need I need some courage. I need some courage right now. I'm dealing with like 
and it could be the podcast. It could be something happening in you're about, you're down in Orlando, right? Something happening in Florida. And I, th- by the <laughs> way, this time is, you have, I know. Yeah. This isn't, <laughs> you know, good point. Okay. Pick one thing. And I here. this is, this is how we'll set, set this up. Um, you know, there's a, this famous, you know, proverb that fear and courage are brothers. Fear and courage are kin. Like you really can't get to the courageous act without first channeling it through fear. So, and I like to say I'm in the fear shrinkage business. So what's like the biggest fear or a fear that comes to mind that you're, you're willing to share? I think right now I'm struggling on the career component of my life. I feel that for so long I followed that invisible checklist and it got me to a place where I'm so far down the line that I feel like I'm misaligned and I'm still trying to find, and maybe this is utopia in my head, of finding a job that pays the bills but also that I enjoy doing and that I'm skilled in. I have you know, two master's degrees. So I think I have the ability to learn and I have the ability to do things, but I still have that self doubt that, or fear maybe of going into a job and not liking it and then feeling stuck or not being able to do it. So that's kind of what's percolating in my mind right now, because I found the outlet for my heart right through the podcast. So now how do I find the way to pay the bills and the and the things that can light me up for those 40 hours a week or whatever I have to work because that's just there are bills to pay. So that's where I'm stuck right now in my life is is really finding where I fit in I guess a, a paid industry. Do you see it as I mean is this like a shift for you or in your mind it's like no I don't want to shift at all I want to take the skills I know which is as a storyteller and getting compensated to do that. Yeah, I, I currently work in higher education. It's not a place that I want to be forever and you know, I think that's another story of where education is going and what's happening there. But to your point. Yeah, I'd love to be more in the storytelling side, the communication side. I just got what I'm deeming a pandemic master's degree because I was bored. And so I got a second master's degree and I got it in communications. And, but at the same token, I have this master's degree, right? In that, but I don't have direct experience in the areas. And so that creates a fear of job hunting that creates a fear of feeling like I'm an imposter because I'm faking something. And so, you know, that's what I'm grappling with. And I'd love to do this. I'd love to be able to help others tell their story and help others feel like I feel when I do this and in this podcasting space, because I've never felt so lit up. I've never felt so like in my space and what I should be doing. And also, if I look back 10 years, I never would have imagined that this is what I would be doing either. So it's like this weird space of like, how can I love this so much and never knew that I wanted to do it in the first place? All right. So this is my oh shit moment. Okay. I've you like I've just like reached the hundredth threshold of podcast guests. And I've tried to make a really conscious effort, and this is a behind the scenes look in for anyone that's listening, of just staying in my lane. You know, I've tried to really stay in my lane and 
because when you're when you're a podcast host, as you know, your job is to create the guardrails, right? But like, stay out of the way. This I just had this conversation with somebody else, and we're like, the podcast is not about me. It's about like, mm-hmm. can I ask the right question to extract out appropriate answers that are interesting and curious? I think, I think what you're coping with, so many people are struggle with too you know and again i'm back to okay me on a stage which is the opposite because if you're on a stage then in some ways i need to do my job to unlock whatever it is inside somebody else and then it's like okay dr berman's showing up i'm not a doctor in any way shape or form but you get the idea so i always say and you this is a word that you use you'd said that you're you're stuck you might get stuck in a job that maybe the pay isn't what it could be or maybe they marketed the job one way and then it's like you get in there and it's like oh shit like what did what just happened here <laughs> right in there and and so i do think that a lot of us are stuck scared stale or spinning and i think anytime you sense one of these four in you then you need courage to get through it like you just need the courage to, and so much that sometimes paralysis kicks in and you do nothing because you're so, you start speculating about, well, what's going to happen when I take this job and then I get in there. And so this is the part that I've been trying to avoid is like, maybe we take a little bit of time here and like, what would I do if I were you? Yeah, I'm I'm here for it. I think, you know, before you do that, I think what's interesting is I, th- I think logically I know what I need to do. Right, it's that, that taking that step. Well, okay, let's hear the logical steps. What's the steps? Well, I need. I feel like I need to really figure out what I can do. One, what, where my, what my skills are, and what I would like to do on a regular basis, and then search to see what kind of jobs slash industry I would want to be in, and then find my way to fill the gaps and take steps forward. But then I'm like you said, it's like paralysis. It's the spiral well again if what triggered me on this was like you're so far ahead than most people like what I, here's this is what i heard wait a minute you're telling me that you get lit up every single time you get to do your podcast well, what's your podcast your podcast is a platform right for storytelling it's a the vessel just happens to be right? The audio and through the ears. So how do you, to me, it's like, well, there it is. Like, how do you, how do you utilize this? Almost every company needs content right now. And you're an expert in it. Not only can like you create spaces for content, but you can be, be the voice of content. I mean, Orlando. So let's see here. Every, every destination, escapism destination is down there, right? I mean, one of the tricks that I used to play, I like, by the way, I, I didn't have a choice. I didn't feel like I had a choice at the time is I would, if I, if I believed in my product and I think you believe in yours, I would go in and I would like give it away for free at first or charge very little. And I know you got to, to pay the bills but like i would what do i need to do to get in the door like 
just get in the door. Like strategy number one is get in the door. You're the expert. You're, you have, you have the shift. The podcast is here. You've, you've showed people how to do it. Let me show you how to do it and like mm-hmm. get in and get going. And I can think of for courageous on my side, I'll never forget. This is an example. I'll never forget one of the first calls I got when I had left my last agency and I was in non-compete time. So I'm in non-compete time. I've got an 18 month non-compete and someone knows my book is coming out and they're like, will you come talk about what you've learned? And sheepishly, they're like, problem is I, we only have a thousand dollars. And the brand was a prominent brand. And in my mind, I'm like, I would have paid you a thousand dollars to be able to say this brand's name for the rest of my life that I spoke at blank. And so I think it's almost like, you know, I mean, how do you just get in and start and especially if you know what you love to do, this is the Dr. Berman in me, right? So like, that's, that's the answer. The answer is, Hey, let me, let me come put on a podcast for you. Let me show you how to do that. We'll do it from the park right now. I'm thinking of like universal studios or you're going to make me go to Disney. I'm going to make you wear the costume. Okay. Good. Let's do it in in costume. In Florida in the summer. That's a good one. As Pluto in only June. It's going to be great. Um, Okay. Easier said than done. But do you, when when you say like, you feel like the spiral is real, is it, which gets, and this is the other thing, which gets in the way? Is it the, well, what's the money to do that? How much time am I going to lose by doing that? Tell me what, like, what's the priority? The priority or the, the fear spiral? The The fear fear spiral is, is, I think it's a lot of the imposter syndrome kind of things of like, someone's going to find out that I don't have all the answers or that I'm not something. And then I start like, it's, it's as simple as, you know, when you just regularly search for a job and you look at the job description and you're like, what is that? Or I can do this, 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 and this, but I can't do that. Therefore I cannot do this job. And it's that fear that just like, what if they find out that I don't know all the answers, which I know logically, like no one has all the answers. So and if they do run <laughs> to, to immediate, two immediate thoughts that come to mind. One is a comment and one is a question. And you're not going to like my question, but I guess because it's courage and we're going to go there. So comment. I think today you have to care, not care all at the same time, right? You have to care. If you care about your product, which you do, which you do, just like I care about my product. I always say, what I love most about my brand is that it tells the world who it's not for as much as it tells the world who it is for. Right. Like if someone yep. sees my brand and they're like, what the, what is Ryan Berman doing? Like what the hell courageous? Good. Do not waste my time. I do not care. I really don't like it's not, right. it's not even personal to that person. I probably, I truly lo- might love that person. I seriously, but I don't care because with the little time I have left on this planet, I want to do exactly what I'm passionate about. And that might be take a stage. It might be like having this conversation. It could be helping a client that's stuck. Okay. Now this is the question. 
if you were sitting with your grandma right now on this conversation, what would she say to you? She would say, follow your heart and do whatever you want to do. But she, yeah, she would say that. And then I would say, but, <laughs> and she, she would say, no. And it's different. I, I get it. I know it. I know I need to just lean into it. It's fear. I, it's so strong. And I know that I can, I can overcome it. I, I don't, you're right. <laughs> you this win. Can, this concludes it. <laughs> no, this, it's not about that. You win. No, I know. I, it, I it's, it, it's true. One of the things that I always stick with or think back to towards the time that she was kind of losing her thoughts and she said, I wish I hadn't worried so much because all that matters is love in the end. And mm, that's good. It sticks with me because, and I think it's helped me. It sticks with me because I do worry a lot about this, that, or the other. But when it comes to my heart, I don't. It's very, it, like, it's almost like this professional life is like, I know I need it because I know I need to pay the bills. But like my heart, on my sleeve, everyone can see it. I'll share everything with you. So it's like these two pieces. One still has that worry and fear and the other one's like open book. Right. And so if you can maybe bring more love into, yeah, right. Because great stories are, are, are just, yeah, they're just right. that. They're, it's just yeah. that. No, again, it's easier said than done. Right. It's, mm -hmm. And I, I think it's also, and there's, there's no part of me that, is suggesting with this that you like you fear hard work but it's also work it's mm -hmm. it is work it's you have to this again this isn't about you this is for the listener yeah. like it's just it takes work it takes every day doing you know i just again i've done 100 episodes i can't yeah. farm that out i can't farm out being the voice of that does this like we need to have not the conversation yet. not oh yeah ai or, ai right well, what's interesting to that point, though, is like for before my grandmother died, I was very much the person that would get promoted every year, would move up, would move up, move up, do hard work, work my tail off. And I was making really good money and I hated every second of it. Mm. And I, I was miserable. I would work so much and then I would just go home and go to bed because I just I wasn't tired. I just didn't want to be awake. I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want work to like be stuck in my mind all the time. And then as soon as she died, I was like, work. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do what everyone else wants me to do. And so now that I found this, you're right. I feel like I need to find this space that feels really good, but also can support me in a way that I don't need a lot of money. I just need to pay the basics and do the basic things. So I feel like I'm on that path, but I still have that fear. I think it's just ingrained that societal fear. Well, I, it's, I think it's human. I think, I yeah. think all, I think all of us ha, ha, have that. And that's, I think that's the, that's sort of the, the aha moment that I, you know, even before I took this journey, I someone, I realized I wrote the book cause I needed the book first. Right. Yeah. And, and so the aha moment was that we're more like than not, we, we are, we're, we all suffer from some, some version of loneliness, right. Cause we're talking to ourselves in our heads we're holding ourselves back. We're we're afraid to leave. Yeah. Will you humor me on an exercise? Uh, maybe. 
Okay. <laughs> that's, I heard yes. Uh, but you tell me. <laughs> okay. So let's say that you are the host of the Life Shift podcast and you're getting ready to, like, right now, do your show and your guest today is you. How do you kick off the show and what is your first response back to yourself? And then, or we can, like, if it's 12 minutes in, whatever, to get to the heavy, what do you tell, what do you ask yourself? And then what is your response to yourself? That's a good question. I, well, first I would ask myself to paint that picture of, of what my life was like before that moment. And then investigate how that moment changed everything and what have we learned from it and what can we take forward from it and i think what it makes me think about and what my response would probably be uh, would be related to years into that grief journey finally finding the right therapist and and she told me you realize your entire life you've made decisions as an eight-year-old you've made you've let that fear of abandonment, fear of not being liked and not, you know, just feeling alone. You've used that to do all the things that you've done. And so this version of me would need to re be reminded that I need to stop operating out of fear and protection and lean into the things that like you said, we have a limited time on this earth. Who knows how much time we have left? And in my mind, I'm on borrowed time because my mom died when she was 32. And so, yeah, you're right. I need to, you're right, Matt, the other, the host of this this podcast that we're on right now. I do need to stop operating out of fear because, you know, who knows what's the best that could happen, right? Not that what's the worst that can happen. All right, one more exercise, and I promise I'll stop with these. But I'm just Thanks, curious man. to see where it goes. No, I, yeah. That was a, that was impactful. So let's say instead of eight-year-old version of you, there's 80-year-old version of you. So now you're interviewing. By the way, not on the show. You're it's great. It's grandma flipped, right? You're mm -hmm. and 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 you here is like all right, 80-year-old version of me. What do I need to know? Right. Like the 80 year old version of you just came back in the, the back to the future DeLorean. Right. And like, I hope I have that almanac. You left the almanac. How could you do that? <laughs> Right. So like if you were having a conversation with, or if 80 year old versions having a conversation with you today, what would 80 year old version tell you? Do it now. Do it. Just, just lean into it. Find the opportunities that, that are lighting you up and you clearly have the space for in your in your heart and in your skill set. Yeah, I mean I think it's kind of the honestly it's kind of that flip same thing I would say to the 8-year-old, you know, like you got to stop operating out of fear and I feel like I'm in that season, but that reminder is really important. But I do think I think it would be the same. It it would feel very much like my grandmother's final warning to us of Stop worrying because when you're laying here at the end, all that matters are the people around you. Nobody cares what position you had, what what salary you had, what your house looked like. Nobody cares about that. And so I do need to remember that. I need to remember that if I operate out of here and what what brings me joy and doesn't 
hurt me or hurt other people around me, then maybe I should do that. So thank you so much for just being your vulnerable, usual self. And like, like it's clear when you say like, I, you know, I put it all out there and I love it's, you really do. And it's, it's noticeable. Um, okay. As, as a host, this is you, not me as a host, if you were going to really confused in my roles here, I know, I know I'm trying to like clarify <laughs> like as, as another host, as a, since we're both hosts, if, um, if I was to come on your show, which I think, I think I might still be asked on, maybe I'll be asked off now. <laughs> no but, way. So if I'm asked on the show, what's like one question that you feel that you would ask me? I would, after finding out what your, you know, specific pivotal moment was, I would love for you to tell me if you could go back to that person right before that happened or right before you made that moment, what would you tell them that could be useful? So it's very similar to your question. Because I think the reason we do that is because for the listener, right? The listener can learn from you and what you did at that moment, or maybe what had had triggered that and how you responded, if you would give them more advice or if you would just let it be. Hmm. I, I mean, I know exactly what moment it's going to be. This is like a great teaser for your show. And I'm not going to share it now. I'm going to save yeah. it. I'm going to save it for your show. And, and I completely agree. And this is, it drives me mad when people like, it's never, it's never about you. It's never about me. It's like, what can be extracted from the conversation? And do you choose to take the lesson? Do you choose to take the learning opportunity? And, and anytime you're in any conversation, there's a, there's a lesson or a learning opportunity that you mm -hmm. can extract. It's, and then it's, what do you, what do you do with that? All right. Just to sort of, close this out here give me one takeaway speaking of lessons that you hope the audience takes from this conversation i hope that your audience is listening to this and if they're facing something that's like a grief journey or something that is very isolating that they take from this the benefits of sharing that and sharing how they feel with someone. It doesn't have to be on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> that might be a little too much for some people. But I think there's a lot of times where things are in our head and they sound and feel a lot worse than maybe they are when we say them out loud or say them in a full story. Sometimes we we only share segments, but when you hear the full picture, of your own journey, uh, there's a lot more understanding of of where you've been and how you got here and how you can use that to improve. So I would say the takeaway is share your stories with each other. To your point, we're a lot more similar than we are different. And so by sharing these stories, I think we build stronger human connections with each other and create a better community than if we're just staying in these isolated silos, trying to pretend to be something that is not fully us. Yeah, no, I love great touche cap tip again. Uh, my, it's funny. I, I feel like my, my main sort of takeaway of this conversation is just some of it's going to seem really layman, but it's like how valuable time is 
and how much time is spent of thinking about time in the past? And when is that working for you or against you? It, versus like how much time you're thinking about the future, fictitious time that hasn't even happened on where you want to be and what you want to do. And as your grandma perfectly stated, all that worrying about something that's never even happened yet. And so this power of time and like making the most of, of now, the time is now. And maybe how do you put your energy into just that and just chop wood one step in front of the next, right? And if you can find the thing that you love doing, you're off and running. Yeah. I, Matt, I cannot wait to come on the Life Shift podcast. By the way, audience, no, Matt and is not paying me to say that. Uh, and you know, and again, I don't, I've never, you know, I think a lot of podcast host guests do this. We're like, Hey, I'll come on your show and you'll come on mine. I've, I've, I don't, that's, I don't do that. I haven't done that. So this will be the first time. Oh, I love it. Um, we're doing a, a pod swap. Yeah. I, I like that. I mean, it's important to share our stories and you never know who's listening and who needs to hear, you know, what you're going to share on the life shift. So I'm I'm excited about that. That's coming up in a in a few weeks. Matt, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn. So I'll give you the link for that. And the Life Shift is easily found on the lifeshiftpodcast.com. And that will take you to all the places and would happy to have you listen to the show. I actually share my full story on an episode. So that kind of really shows the why. So that's some place where sometimes they or new audience members will listen to that one first. All right, Matt. See you in a few weeks. Thanks for coming on the show. All right. Appreciate you. Thank you. You too, man. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Courageous Podcast. If you enjoy the show, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so more people can find us. See you again next week. <laughs>